Welcome back to another episode of Mastering La Vida. I know my last episode was in December and it's been so long. I want to apologize to all my followers and everyone who listened to the podcast. I really needed to take a break from recording. I had a time during last year when I was completely absorbed. My new YouTube channel was coming up, my dancing classes, moving and settling into Italy, taking care of my family and trying to keep up with my exercise routine and daily life. I was extremely productive and I accomplished so much that I know that looking back, I feel like I was wasting a little time. But deep inside, I know I needed to slow down to take a break and enjoy the moment. Enjoy being on a different land, experiencing walking with my new neighbor every Monday to sip some coffee in our favorite coffee shop. I needed this break so much. And I am so sorry that I went missing in action for so long. I didn't know how long this break was going to last, but I am grateful that I had the opportunity to take this break because there are so many people that are not able to do it. Even if they feel down, exhausted from life, they have to keep working. They have to keep doing what they have to do. And I know that I'm blessed for having a great husband that allows me to follow my dreams Between these dreams, being able to slow down and take a break. Sometimes my husband is not even able to do those things, to slow down. And, and I try to be very supportive through him, trying to do the things that he enjoys doing because I know that I get to do that. And it's because of him. So to my husband and all of the husbands around the world who truly support their wives and are a big blessing into their family, thank you. I know that I am very lucky to have the opportunity to be able to take this break whenever I feel like I'm down or I'm exhausted or I am just doing too many things into the point where I feel like my mental health is struggling a little bit. That's when you know you need to take a break and it's completely normal for people to do that. They call that vacations. <laughs> But sometimes when you have family or you are a mother or a father, there's not such a thing. Because even if you take a break from other things, you still have to keep going with your kids, right? But taking a break when you have to is part of your mental health. It's part of knowing yourself enough to know that it is time for a break. That is also time to pause for taking at least a little bit of time for yourself to reduce the stress that can be caused by many of the things that we have to do on a daily basis. Mental health problems are common. Up to one in four people have experienced mental illness. A stressful events such as losing a job, relationship issues, money issues can lead to mental illness. But there can be other factors like a family history of mental illness. That could be also the case for some people and sometimes we don't even know that. Most people who live with mental illness have mild to moderate symptoms and conditions such as anxiety disorder or depression. Some people experience severe symptoms of these conditions. Also, others live with less common but challenging conditions such as bipolar disorder or personality disorder. But what are some common symptoms of mental illness? Most people will feel low, anxious, or irritated at some point in their lives. But if you have several symptoms at the same time, this could possibly mean that you are experiencing mental illness, especially if you have had them for some time. Your symptoms might be having a significant effect on your day-to-day -day life. This is a list of symptoms that could be a sign of mental health problems. 
being anxious and irritated, having a low mood, finding it difficult to concentrate or remember things, sleeping less or too much, changes in your mood, finding it difficult to manage everyday life. For example, when you're making meals for your family, when you're making dinner, you find it difficult keeping up with dishes, doing things that you used to do without any problem. Now they're becoming more of a problem. When you feel like you're crying a lot, you're tearing a lot, becoming suspicious or paranoid, becoming isolated, you don't want to see people, you don't want to see anyone. Then it gets more serious. You can start having suicidal thoughts, believing that your family and friends want to do you harm, believing that people or organizations are out to get you. Experiencing hallucinations, this means sensing things that other people don't. This includes seeing and hearing things. Believing that you have special powers or that you are in a special mission. Excessive spending and problems managing your money. Having flashbacks or nightmares after a traumatic event. These feelings can often be distressing and hard to cope with, but with the right support and help, you can make positive steps towards recovery. And how do you get help? Getting help as early as possible is a good idea if you worry about your mental health. The sooner you get help and treatment, the quicker you start the recovery process. You can go see your doctor to discuss your options for help and treatment. Try to be open about how you have been feeling. Some of the things you can do before your appointment, if you decide to make an appointment, is that you can ask for a practitioner that has mental health interests and that way it will be a little more comfortable for the conversation. You can ask for a double appointment if you need more time to talk about how you are feeling or your symptoms. You can write down how you have been feeling over time and what your symptoms are. This could help you tell everything you want to say. Think about what would you like to achieve at the end of that appointment and ask someone you trust to go with you. Is there complementary or alternative treatments? Yes. Complementary and alternative therapies are health-related therapies that aren't part of mainstream medical care. They are thought to increase well-being, aid relaxation, and promote good mental health. You can use complementary and alternative therapies for different mental health needs and symptoms like acupuncture, aromatherapy, herbal medicine, massage. You can practice meditation, which I have talked so much about meditation, spiritual energy healing. There are people who are experienced and they like to help others by creating a positive energy around them. And you can practice yoga. And yoga is not yoga without meditation. If you are practicing yoga, and I was teach this by my girl in India, if you practice yoga and you don't do meditation, you're just doing an exercise. You are not really doing yoga. It requires for you to stay healthy in your mind, in your soul, and your body as well. So it has to be complete. So yoga without the meditation is not really yoga. You're just practicing some stretches. And so now let's jump into the review. These are the top 10 things that we can do to help our mental health. Number one, learn ways to relax. Listening to music and meditation is one of my favorite ways to relax. I usually start my day by meditating for about 30 minutes. These 30 minutes when I first start my day are very important. They create a soothing and relaxed environment that I try to recreate to my children in the mornings. If you don't know how to meditate or if you feel like it's not your thing, 
Relaxing music can also be part of relaxation. You can find free meditation videos and music that can calm you on websites like YouTube. But just like music and meditation, there are many other things that you can do to relax. If you like to draw, if you like to paint, if you like to walk, if you like to hike, if you like to climb, if you like to swim, any type of activity that can bring you that relaxation will be good for you. And the more you do it, the better you will feel. Moving into number two, eat healthy foods and have a balanced diet. To boost your mental health, focus on eating plenty of fruits and vegetables along with foods rich in omega-3 fatty acids such as salmon. Dark green leafy vegetables in particular are brain protective. Nuts, seeds, beans, and lentils are also excellent brain foods. I usually start my day with my matcha green tea. I add ginger and turmeric to my latte every single morning. And I drink that with soy milk. I have told many times my recipe for matcha on this podcast. And I hope that you can give it a try because there's a lot of benefits from drinking green tea, especially matcha. I also like to enjoy some yogurt with fruit and granola. You can add any type of fruits. You can add flax meal, chia seeds, coconut flakes, dark chocolate. It's just very yummy, very delicious and very good for you. I really enjoy soups. Now that it's getting hot, I'm going to turn it into smoothies. I'm probably going to go for smoothies a lot and I like to make smoothie bowls. And they can look so beautiful when you make them. Me and my kid, we really had a lot of fun last summer in Texas when we were making smoothie bowls. We were on a mission of trying new fruits that we had never tried before that were selling in the market. So we will go for like the dragon fruit or really exotic ones that we find. And it was a whole experience. It was amazing. So if you want to give that a try, always try something new, something that you have not tried. It's always good to experiment and give it a try because you never know if you're going to end up liking them. Here in Italy, they have a different approach to fruits and vegetables than in the States. Here, you can only purchase most of the time the ones that are on season. And those are the ones that everybody will be making. So right now it's cherry season. So I know everywhere I go, it's going to be something about cherries. It's going to be in every single menu that we go to. Or like if it's asparagus season too right now. So the asparagus is everywhere. Like in the soups, this is everywhere. And I love that. I love how they transform themselves into seasons. And their vegetables and their fruits also are fresh and nice. And they're like more organic. It's really, really, really good. No wonder why they're one of the number one countries with food, right? I know that another topic for uh, keeping a balanced diet is switching rice. My husband is Asian, so we really sometimes struggle by not giving him rice. He's so used to eating rice. And my Latin culture, we used to eat rice every single day. It was like part of our meal. So it's really hard to transition when you've been used to eating something for so many years into not having it every day. Um, so we try to switch and then I'd switch to cauliflower rice. Uh, doesn't sound good, but it, it is good. I, I like to mix it. Sometimes I put chia in it. I add uh, the wild rice and then I try to mix things. I know one of my kids is not really happy every time I say, oh, we're eating cauliflower rice. He has this face like, oh, really? Okay, we have white rice. It is really important to try to remember and try to teach them at a young age. You can have that. We can have it on the weekend. How about we make rice on Fridays and try to look forward to having it and enjoying it. Trying to adjust little things in there could probably make a change towards trying to have a balance on the diet and the food that we give to our loved ones. 
Usually when we go on vacations for the weekend, I let them just order whatever they want to eat and, and enjoy themselves. They are usually going to go for the pizza. For me, it's great. Having a balance on when you let yourself enjoy and learn that it is okay to sometimes indulge in those things that we like to eat, even if they come with tons of calories on it, right? I mean, who will say no to a croissant or a brochet, how they call it here? And not me. I will say yes every time. But I try to moderate. Like I only go to the coffee stores on Mondays with my friend and, and I try to enjoy that day. Like I know that's the day that I'm going to have that brioche. So I really, really, really enjoy it. And I think that's part of having that balance. And we move into number three, being physically active. Exercise can help reduce stress and anxiety. It can increase the levels of serotonin and endorphins, which are your body's natural happy chemicals. I'm sure you have experienced the level of energy you have after a workout. Life is simply better. However, I know how hard it is to let yourself go for days, months, or even years. The hardest part is to come back, to create that routine and stick to the plan. It is hard. But be sure that if you decide to start eventually, it will become part of your life again. This summer, I registered the kids, my husband and I, into a 500-kilometer cycling challenge. We have three months to get it done. The weather hasn't been great, but I have hope that this week I can start riding my bicycle again and get into the challenge and hopefully on the weekends we'll be riding as well. Last year, when we first moved to Italy, I didn't have a car and I was riding my bike absolutely everywhere. I ride to the coffee shop, to the grocery store, even to the mall. I enjoy it so much, so I'm sure this summer is going to be epic. The boys are excited about the challenge because we will all be getting a coin at the end of the challenge. That right there is a great way to motivate all of us as a family to complete an amazing exercise challenge for the whole summer. It will keep us very active and very happy. Maybe you can find something similar where you live. There are tons of Facebook groups dedicated to summer activities like hiking, cycling, swimming, running, dancing. This month is also my birthday and my friends asked me how did I wanted to celebrate it. I didn't even have to think about it. There are still things I wanted to do. One was dancing and the other one was hiking. So we are hiking a beautiful mountain in the Dolomites. I've been dreaming about hiking this mountain since the first day I land into Italy. So finally this weekend, we will be in the Dolomites hiking and enjoying one of the most beautiful views in Italy. And we can move into number four. Choose healthier drinks and make sure you're hydrated. There is no reason why we shouldn't know that drinking water is the best for all of us. However, I know that just like me, there are many out there that sometimes don't get enough water into their bodies. My body could be screaming for water and my mind is like, what? Do you want coffee? Juice? Wine? I'm not perfect at all. And I know we all have those days or months where we know we need more water. So let's just set reminders to drinking more water and try to reduce the amount of sugary drinks we drink on a daily basis. About three years ago, I started drinking just way more water. And as soon as I did that, I started feeling much better and I reduced some of the problems I was having. I used to suffer from problems in my stomach when I used to work in Panama and Every time I had a job, I used to skip lunch because I was too busy working and 
it was affecting my stomach all the time. So I know that being hydrated and, and having a balance is so important. But those are the things that I was avoiding in the past and I pay for it now because my stomach suffered. Like I need to keep my turmeric and ginger right there all the time to help me with inflammation and help me with my stomach pain. Sometimes ginger is just my only way to go. So let's just go for the healthy things. I also drink tea. I drink lots of tea and I love tea shops. I usually just go for the tea, I know, instead of the water. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to switch the tea for water right now. And I know I have to, but tea is just, I enjoy it. I It just warms me up when I smell all of the natural things that are in tea. And I buy me these little tiny cups and they're so cute. And then you're just having your tea time and it's just wonderful. But we have to remind ourselves the water is the number one thing we should be drinking. And we have to keep that in mind. Jumping into number five, have a daily routine. Keeping a routine can help you to keep your mind occupied and focus on healthy thoughts and activities. I'm usually very good with keeping a daily routine. However, there are months where I know that I need to make adjustment because my to-do list is way too big. We have to be conscious and realistic of what we are really able to do during the day and take a break if you feel like you need to. You should know when your body needs that extra hour of sleep, more food, less food. If we actually listen to our bodies, we can create a more balanced life. And moving on to number six, and this one is extremely important. Have healthy relationships. And I'm not only talking about your marriage relationship or your girlfriend or boyfriend relationship. I'm talking about family relationships. I'm talking about friendship relationships. With this one, I gotta say, I have experienced some wild relationships in the past, really wild. Every time I move to a new state or country, I tend to get to know a lot of people. And these sometimes can seem to others as, oh, she just wants to be friends with everyone. But no, it's really, she's giving that open door to people because I know the feeling of being the new one. And if nobody opens the door for me and let me in in a circle of friends, then I'm going to be alone because honestly, I am a people person. I need to be surrounded by people because I like their energy, because I like their interactions, because I enjoy having amazing conversations. And in order to do that, you need to meet people. But during these meetings of people, I have seen differences. When I was younger, I had those friends where they were really crazy and I just cut them out of my life. I honestly did. Then as I grow, I have relationships with families that were not going well either. And you have to learn how to just create those boundaries to keep it healthy because otherwise it's just not working. It's not going to go anywhere with this person that you might as well just take a break and, and just let it calm, you know, stay away a little bit, give it a boundary. doesn't mean you're fighting with anyone. It just means you're taking that break for yourself because you don't need that in your life. And then I have the experiences with like boyfriends in the past, which were also very toxic relationships sometimes, things that you don't really need. And then when you're young, you're not able to understand that you don't need that in your life. You just think that maybe that person is going to change for you at some point and they never happen. So you just continue going around and around in the same toxic relationship. I know that many people are afraid of making friends and getting close to someone because of previous failed relationships. But let's be honest, how would you know if you don't give that person a real chance? 
I'm extremely friendly. I try to make everyone feel like they belong because I'm always a new one. I'm always moving. And if people didn't give me a chance to prove that I could be their friends, I would probably be sad because nobody wanted me in their group, right? So I will always be that welcome face. I will be the one inviting people over. I will be creating groups, getting other people to know each other. But you have to know when relationships are healthy for you or not. I remember there was a time when one of my friends told me that she was putting me into a test to find out if I was going to be a good friend or not. And she actually was testing me to see my reactions and the things that I will do. She was making me feel so uncomfortable. I have to think twice every time I say something or do something. What if that was part of the test? I knew at that moment that that was not the type of friendship I wanted to have. I don't need to be tested to see if I can be a good friend. That comes with time. That comes when you realize that person is there for you in the good times and also in the bad times. That's how friendship is valued, at least for me. It was such a shame because this friend and I had so much in common. At some point, I thought she was my sister in other life. It wasn't until one day that I realized that things were not going to end up good. And that was the day she invited me for lunch to talk and she ended up screaming at me that I realized that this relationship was not going to work. I think the Sue from maybe 10 years ago will have reacted in a defensive and impulsive way. Will have ended screaming at her for even trying to manage or control my life or whatever she was trying to do. I know I didn't deserve that. I worked so hard on loving and putting my self-esteem high that when that happened, you know you have to get out as fast as you can. Because you know that if you don't get out of that, your mental health is going to be affected. I try to make excuses by saying maybe she had a lot of stress. When you like someone, you always make excuses for their bad behaviors. I remember I asked her why was she so angry. I got insulted and humiliated by my friend. But I know that sometimes life is going to put us to the test. It's going to put us at the spot to see what are we going to do. I can't come into this podcast and tell you to create peace in your head to meditate, to do yoga, to change the bad behaviors you don't like about yourself and then do the complete opposite of that. I end up that relationship knowing that my heart was hurt, that I was probably letting go of someone that was very meaningful in my life, but also knowing that I have done the right thing. I have worked so hard to build boundaries in my life. I love myself so much that letting this go the way it was going was probably going to be a huge mistake. After some time, she contacted me, no, and she didn't call me to apologize for what she did. In her eyes, I was playing a victim role. In her eyes, she didn't do anything wrong. She only called me to ask me how we were going to handle the rest of our friends. We have friends in commons that were very important to me, and she knew that. I knew that somehow this thing was not going to turn, okay? But I needed to make a decision, and that decision was already made. I think one of the lessons I learned in the latest years is that we don't meet people by accident. They meant to cross our path for a reason. If a relationship with a friend or a lover or even a family member doesn't survive the test of time, it doesn't mean it still wasn't meant to be. Not all encounters with people are meant to last forever. Sometimes people come into our life to teach us something. Sometimes the forever It's not the person, but what we gain from them. I like to think that my friendship with her was a reminder that not because we were so compatible, 
not because our similarities in values and life were so alike, was a reason to be friends for the rest of our lives. I do appreciate the time and everything she shared with me. I think by getting to know her, it already made me a better person. However, at this time of my life, I like to focus all my energies in things that are less complicated than that. I want to surround myself with people who are happy, who are inspired, and that we can create this energy together into making things better and that I'm able to have conversations and that I can resolve situations or problems without someone screaming at me or making me feel bad. Most importantly, I wish her nothing but the best. I would love to see her continuing all of the projects and interesting things that she's doing and achieving all of her goals as a woman and as a mother. And that's the same thing when you end up a relationship with a person. It doesn't matter if it's a friend or a lover or family. Just make sure that you do it in a way where things are not ending up as you had this terrible fight and, and things are not going to progress. Because when you finish some relationships so bad to the point where you're screaming to each other and hating each other, it all creates this bad thing inside your heart. And it just doesn't get any better than that. It just doesn't go away fast as you think it's going to be. It will stay there for a while and it will keep you feeling bad. And if you want to avoid that, you got to be in peace with yourself. You have to do the work in order for you to see these reactions that can be generated by your actions. And let's move into number seven, have enough sleep. Without regular sleep, your mental health can be affected. And this one is crystal clear, sleep. I don't mean all day. I mean, get yourself on a daily time to go to bed. My mother is 70 years old. She just moved from Panama. She now lives with us here in Italy. She had a crazy schedule in Panama. She was sleeping around 12 a.m. every night. Since she arrived here, she claims that she's been sleeping way more comfortable, that she sleeps more hours, and that she feels better. It could be because we all go to bed really early, and also because the weather was colder when she arrived, and that was making her more sleepy. But as she continued into the spring, as we are right now, she's still sleeping more hours and she's adjusting better and she looks way more rested as she did when she first arrived here. And this is very important. If you want to keep a healthy and balanced life, sleep is a very important thing. Moving to number eight, avoiding alcohol, drinking only moderately or cutting down. I know, I know. I know a lot of you listeners will be like, no, Sue, just don't mention it. <laughs> Leave my wine there. My wine's going to stay in my refrigerator, okay? But I had to quit alcohol completely for months when I was living in Texas and I started my yoga program. But now in Italy, I am drinking occasionally and it's only wine. Now, the wine that I started drinking here is actually better than the one I was drinking in the past. I was drinking that sweet Moscato with flavors and sweets in the States. And now I actually drink the dry Italian wine, the not even the Prosecco. I don't go for the Prosecco. I go for really quality ones that are super cheap in here because you're lucky enough to live here. Then you got to experience the wine and the wine is cheap and it's good. I only drink in parties or events and I limit myself to two glasses max. I don't drink like I used to anymore, and I am very glad I don't. I don't know how in the past I could drink in my 20s, like every single weekend. 
And to the point of waking up feeling horrible. I, I remember the feeling that I had the next morning after I went out to party and drinking. And, and it was not a good feeling. It's just not good to be throwing up and feeling sick. It's not good. It's actually your body reacting that it doesn't want that bad stuff you're giving it inside them. It's like, we don't need this. And I can enjoy a party without being drunk. And then I realized I'm actually super fun without even drinking. I used to think that I used to drink in order to have a good time. And now I can totally have a good time without even drinking. Listen, and I'm not trying to be your mom. I did all that. I party and drink until 5 a.m. Because clubs in Panama close at 5. So they will be, you know, all the way to the morning. But that's not my thing anymore. And I enjoy a good drink occasionally because you have to be able to enjoy life. But being conscious about your body and mental health could be very beneficial to the older version of yourself. Moving to number nine, avoid smoking or cutting down. I think this one is the only one I had never have a problem with. Never ever had a problem with smoking. I am so grateful for that. Last year, a very close friend of mine died of cancer because of smoking. He was my age and the cancer spread very fast. Because of COVID restrictions, most of his friends were not able to make it to the funeral. It was very sad to hear and see him during his last month. So this one is very close to my heart. If you smoke, find a way to get help, to quit. There's absolutely no benefits at all from smoking or taking illegal substances. So, so just try to get help and try to think if that's really what you want for yourself in the future. And very slowly try to get the help that you need to try to avoid it. Smoking is not going to bring absolutely nothing good into your life. And we move into number 10, and that is the last one. Keep a mood diary. This might help you to be more aware of your symptoms and what makes you better and worse. You can simply use a notebook for this. Write every day. How are you feeling? If your mood is high, low. If there's anything triggering, anything doing, making your mood changes. If you write these things down, then later on, you can analyze and try to see what are the things that are making you feel bad. And by that, then you can avoid those things. You can try online resources or you can even download a smartphone app that can probably help you with the diary. There are so many low cost effective ways to deal with your mood, but this one is one of many. So if you have anything else that can help you keep your mood better than any of this list, go ahead and give it a try because everybody's different. And these are the things that actually help me. And again, I'm not a doctor. I don't have any type of psychology degrees. I only do these reviews based on my own personal life. Can people recover from mental illness? Recovering can mean different things to different people, but with support and treatment symptoms of mental illness can improve. Globally, close to 800,000 people die from suicide every year. That's one person every 40 seconds. Due to the stigma associated with suicide and the fact that it's illegal in some countries, this figure is also likely to be an underestimate, with some suicides being classified as unintentional injuries. If you are concerned about your mental health or if you know anyone having problems, don't wait. Remember that many services and organizations are there to help and support. And don't let anyone decide over your feelings. Don't let anyone say that you are playing the victim here, that you are not allowed to feel that way. Listen, this is your mental health, not anyone else. If you don't take care of yourself today, no one will. 
you are the only person that can recognize if you're okay or not. Always look for help. Sometimes getting the right help could possibly avoid years of stress and anxiety in the future. And thank you so much, all of you who are here to listen and share many of my personal experiences. I hope some of them can help you navigate this work. That is not easy, but it could be somehow beautiful too. And I want to say hello to all of my listeners around the world that even if I haven't been active in the podcast, they are still listening and giving me support. I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. I really, really, really do. All of my people from the United States, Italy, Mexico, United Kingdom, Panama, Spain, Guatemala, Brazil, Peru, Australia, Chile, Costa Rica, France, India, Romania, Uruguay, Ukraine, Slovenia, Guam, Serbia, Paraguay, Portugal, Puerto Rico, New Zealand, Norway, Lithuania, Nigeria, Japan, Iran, Ecuador, Germany, Colombia, Austria, El Salvador, and everybody else. Thank you so much. Until the next time.